Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. By now, regular listeners to the Electronic Cottage are pretty aware that what goes on in technology is very much related to what goes on in the law, and vice versa. Here is another example of government action that will affect everyday life for those of us who use the Internet. Most of us are aware that the current Federal Communications Commission has rolled back net neutrality rules that were put in place by former members of the FCC during the previous administration. Those new rules are scheduled to go into effect any day now. Put simply, former net neutrality rules had said that Internet service providers, known as ISPs, such as Time Warner or Comcast or AT&T or Verizon, or whoever provides the service that allows us to connect to the Internet, had to treat all Internet traffic the same. ISPs were not allowed, for example, to prioritize some Internet traffic speed over other traffic. In other words, ISPs were not to make some information provided by companies that paid more move faster over their networks than information provided by everyone else. What that would do, in effect, was to make traffic from websites or services such as games or video originated by wealthy companies that could pay extra move faster, and all other traffic from smaller companies or libraries or less wealthy websites move slower. We could do a whole episode about this situation, and have. But this is the gist of net neutrality. The justifications used to rationalize getting rid of net neutrality by the current chair of the FCC, Ajit Pai, who was cheered on by the large ISPs who stand to make a lot of money, have turned out to be so far, let's just say, inaccurate and disingenuous. But the current FCC voted to rescind those net neutrality rules anyway. Other FCC rules, which had not fully gone into effect when the former president left office and the makeup of the FCC changed, have been canceled by the new Congress using something called the Congressional Review Act. That law gives Congress the power to review rules made by executive agencies and to cancel those rules within 60 days of the rules being passed. Congress used that law to roll back Internet patron privacy rules, for example, that would have prohibited ISPs from selling information they have about us without our permission. You know, like information about every request to go to a website that we've ever made. Well, now a group of senators is using that very same law to try to roll back the current FCC's order canceling net neutrality. On May 9th, Senator Edward Markey was scheduled to introduce a Congressional Review Act resolution which would roll back the order canceling net neutrality. Will anything come of that effort in a Republican-controlled Congress? Who knows? In the Senate, 50 senators have indicated support for the CRA resolution. All 47 Democrats, two independents, including Angus King of Maine, and one Republican, who happens to be Susan Collins of Maine. If one additional Republican senator were to break ranks and support this resolution, it would pass in the Senate. It would still, of course, have to pass the House as well and be signed by Mr. Trump. 
The likelihood of that happening is not great, despite the attitudes of a huge majority of Americans. Polls show that net neutrality is tremendously popular. The program for public consultation at the University of Maryland, for example, found that 83% of those in a poll of over 1,000 registered voters opposed repealing net neutrality, including 89% of Democrats, 86% of Independents, and 79% of Republicans. Still, the current government in Washington has not distinguished itself for taking into account the will of majorities of Americans. Perhaps that's why a number of states have passed versions of net neutrality on their own, and there are over a half a dozen lawsuits in progress to overturn the FCC's order rescinding net neutrality. Nonetheless, the Congressional Review Act resolution, were it to pass, would be the most direct and cleanest way to deal with an issue favored by over 80% of the populace. Stay tuned, and keep an eye on this issue as it progresses. Meanwhile, there is, of course, lots more going on in the connection between law and technology than just net neutrality. For example, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence recently released its annual Intelligence Community Transparency Report, dated April 2018, which summarizes the extent of Americans' domestic intelligence gathering efforts. Note the key word here, domestic. The numbers we're about to hear have to do with actions that took place in this country. Here are some highlights. The report indicates that U.S. national security agencies sought $534,396,285 call detail records from telecommunication providers in calendar year 2017. The report goes on to say that those numbers probably include some duplications and so on. Still, that is, more than triple the number of call information requests sought in the 2017 report. And here are a few more statistics to ponder. There were 1,437 secret FISA court subpoenas granted and 12,762 national security letters, the documents that are signed by no one but an FBI supervisor, which allow investigators to obtain, again, usually secretly, phone, credit, and financial information on individuals. Bottom line, while the web was envisioned in its heady early days as a sort of wild west where people could express their opinions freely, have access to all sorts of information, experiment with all kinds of new technology and ways of seeing the world, it's become much less of all of those things as it's evolved and become central to many people's lives over time. A large reason for the narrowing of the possibilities the web offers these days is because of the action of governments around the world, including our own, as issues like net neutrality, government surveillance, and surreptitious use of personal information demonstrate. So, though we love to see what new wonders technology can bring, we also need to be aware of how technology and law interact to circumscribe digital life. And we'll do our best to keep an eye on those developments 
right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Mm-hmm.